I just want to speak for a few minutes about barriers. And I know for some people now, it's even as Kaz stood up, you felt a barrier come up and in your heart. And barriers are funny things. And there's people in the room, and I know in my own life as well, there's certain times in my own life that I've put barriers before me, or sometimes people have come along and put barriers in front of me. Jesus doesn't like barriers. Because they get in the way. There's this moment in Scripture, and it says this. And if you're wondering what Jesus is like, this is a great insight into who he really is. Because we often recognize Jesus as the miracle maker. But Jesus was also the mischief maker as well. Jesus was, he just didn't fit in the box. He was just life abundant. And this is a glimpse into who Jesus was. It says this, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Firstly, kids do not line up normally. Scary teachers get them to line up, but that is like 20 seconds every day. They naturally don't line up. Kids come, a pack of kids is called a rabble. And in a group and a gathering and a rabble of kids, you would have kids from all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of stuff going on. Most likely, in this rabble of kids, you would have the quiet and the loud, those who were alone and those who were king of the pack. Most likely, you'd have kids there who carry injuries or hurt. You'd have kids there with learning difficulties and special needs. So there was this rabble of kids all around Jesus. And these kids were just cascading towards Jesus because kids get it and we lose it as adults. But there in the moment, the kids were just going towards Jesus. And then the disciples who thought they know best in this moment put in some well-meaning barriers. And they just put these things in there because they think Jesus will not want to be bothered about these people coming towards him. And Jesus loses it. He just loses it. And he scolds the disciples. So this is what, sorry, so actually, no, the disciples are scolding the parents. And then verse 14, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads, and then he blessed them. See, the disciples, well-meaning as they were, put up barriers. Because they thought the kids were too noisy, too messy, too disruptive. But Jesus steps in and removes the barrier. This talk today is simple. I don't know what barriers have been placed between you and the love of God. I don't know if you have put them there. 
or if other people have put them there in between you and the love of God. But Jesus, here and now, he comes to you, he takes the barrier, and he removes it, and he steps up, and he comes close. There's this beautiful psalm, it's Psalm 34, and it talks about God is close to the cry of the broken heart. I don't know where you are in your walk, adventure with God. Whether you've been loving him and worshipping for some time, or whether you're here today and you're not even quite sure what's going on. But I want to let you know that God is for you. He loves you. And in Jesus, he's removed all the barriers possible so you can encounter him afresh. That's Psalm 34 that I referred to. Let me just read to you. Um, you know, because some of the barriers we put up, uh, I mean, I don't know what you call your barrier. Some will call it shame. Some will call it fear. Some will call it sin. Some will call it mistake. Some will call it hurt. Some will call it what words have been spoken over you. Whatever your barrier is called, it does not belong in your life. And um, this Psalm 34 just describes what barriers do. And this barrier just so happens in 34, this barrier just so happens to be called fear. And, and it's like this thing where fear, um, it's a bit like the, an old school James Bond movie where he's been locked in the room and suddenly the um, villain steps out of the room and the room starts to close in. And fear does that. Fear seems to be pressing in all around you, stealing your joy, stealing who you really are. It consumes you. And this is what God does with fear. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. As in, he removed the barrier of fear. But he doesn't just do that. See, God just doesn't take out a moldy tooth, but he replaces it with gold. See, God does the whole package. The whole thing about the gospel is the whole thing. He doesn't just take the sin away, but he then goes on to put his Holy Spirit in us. He doesn't do half a deal. He's not half a job Jesus. He does the whole thing. No building is left unfinished when it comes to Jesus. And this is what he does here. He doesn't just take away fear, but he comes and fills them with joy. Listen to this. I'm standing on one leg because I'm excited by this. This should stir our souls and excite us and, and, man, and just shake us somewhat. Because we're not here in a history lesson. We're here in a chemistry lesson that Jesus is alive and well. See, Jesus is alive. It's a bit like Jesus has been alive for seven days. So what? 
If Jesus really is alive for the last seven days, what difference has that made to you and your life? How has it shifted anything in your life? Or has he just been mirandering along as normal? I love this. Let me read on. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. This is Jesus. This is my Jesus. And he's longing to be your Jesus. He wants to take your shame. He wants to take your fear. He wants to take your guilt, your shame, your sin, your mistakes. And he takes them to the cross. And you know what he gives you in exchange? A new heart. A heart that beats for his a heart full of life, a heart of joy, a heart set free. It's the best exchange rate you'll ever get. They say at the moment the mortgage rate is the best in a long, long time. Saving rates are rubbish at the moment. And we hear about all these different rates and what's going to shift and stuff. And how will Brexit make a difference to the rates going on? When we come to the cross of Jesus, the exchange rate doesn't make any sense. Because we bring all of our junk, we bring all of our stuff, the stuff that we're ashamed of, the stuff that puts our eyes down, and we bring it all to Jesus and we just come to him and say, Jesus, here's my barriers, here's my sin, here's my junk. And I'm sorry. And I've got nowhere else to go, Jesus, so I'm coming to you. And we come. And you know, um, you know, interesting thing about heaven. I don't think there's any um, age restriction. In fact, I know there's no age restriction on heaven. There's no um, width restriction on heaven. But there is a height restriction. And what I mean by that is, there has to come a moment where we bow down and we say, Jesus, I need you. I bring you my self. I bring you my story. Warts and all. And I give it to you, Jesus. And as we do that, the Bible kind of calls it repentance, but all it means is just a change of mind. It's like, Jesus, I'm having a change of mind about my life. I realize that It's not just about me anymore. And I think you've been pursuing me and chasing me and you want to speak to me. And as we go down and we bow before Jesus, recognize that he is king and I am not, what he does in this moment is he doesn't put his foot over our neck and push us down into our mud. Yeah, you're right, you dirty, stinking rat. But he comes and he puts his hand under our chin and he lifts us. He says, you are my boy. You are my beloved. And I 
love you. And like Kaz was referring to there, I've been following Jesus now since the age of 19. And I'm 43 years old now. And what I found in Jesus, I wouldn't give up for anything or anyone. For I've found a love unlike any other love. I found a king who is so kind and his love is endless. I said I was going to be short and I've kept my word. And I'm really tempted not to. I, you know what, I can't say anymore. But my longing, my heart, my hope, man, the whole reason we started Carlisle Vineyard is that you would open your heart to him who loves you like no one else. Because for this message that Jesus is alive and well is not just for you and it's not just for me. But we live in a city, we live in a county, we live in a region that is desperate for the love of Jesus. Because I see barriers all around me. And there's people in this room that God, I believe, in the next year is going to start increasing your vision, increasing your capacity in your heart and going to help you see the city and wherever you're from in new ways. And he's going to bring people around you And he has things for us. Because I believe with all my heart that the reason we're alive in such a time as this to see this region come alive in Jesus. Phil and Laura, did you want to say anything else? It's all very calm now. Laura, would you like to come and pray for us? Would that be okay? Um, If you don't know Laura, this is Laura. Some people have poured some very special things into this lady. And one of the joys we have in life is watching her spill out. A bit like what I was kind of saying about Angie before. And she's very messy like Angie. Just spilling out God's love here and there. She has no idea what's appropriate when it comes to joy and love. That's true though, isn't it, about her? She just loves here, loves there, wherever she is. She's a very special lady, and we love um, we love hanging her around. So, Laura, would you pray for us? Would that be okay? Father, I just thank you that you are here with us today. Jesus, that the words Andy has spoken are not his words that he's written. They're your words that you've given him. Thank you, Father, that there was a bit in there for every single person here. As Andy said, nobody is here by mistake. And we just pray, Father, that you would give us ears to hear what you want to tell us. And we would be brave enough, God, to let those words go from our head to our hearts. And we would be braver still to let them change us. Father, thank you that we are never done learning how incredible you are. That we are never done learning how much you love us. So I just pray, Father, wherever we are with you today, that we would be a step further as we walk out of this room. 
Father, that you would remove barriers, that you would pour in your love and your Holy Spirit. And that we would go out there, Father, different people. That we would all be messy people who spill joy and love wherever we go. In whatever way you've made us to do that, Father. I pray that you would give us opportunities. Help us to really see them in a way that we can't ignore them. And help us to act upon them, Father. Jesus, I just I just thank you that we can... Um, celebrate that you really are alive and that that really does make all the difference Jesus so yeah go with us this week father help us to just be brave and if it looks like a canyon in front of us that we've got to step over us just give us the eyes to see that it's actually just a crack in the pavement and you've already got your hand out to help us over it just help us to do that this week Jesus Amen.